we're dealing with a series of handling pitfalls in life. And today we're going to deal with the topic of handling wealth and success. Wealth and success can be a pitfall. Why? Because oftentimes in life we think that if, if I had this or if I had that, that my life would be better. If I get that raise or I have that new car or if he or she were mine, my life would be better. We think that if I lived in this neighborhood, all my problems would go away. If I had more money in my bank account, I would be better because I wouldn't be in debt. Uh, if, if my relationship was with that person who I liked back in high school, my life would be so much better now. But yet we're losing sight that we're placing our value on what we think we can attain, what we can see, what we can touch, instead of placing our value in whom we can't see. Wealth and success is so much promoted in our society. That we have so much, so many new shows, it, it tickles me to death that this new show they have is bingo. You know, you know, just wow. You know, this is on TV. And, and I just think about all these shows they have that gives out millions of dollars, but yet we still have a problem feeding the hungry. We still have problem clothing the naked. But we can come. Who wants to be a millionaire? We can come. Which case will you choose? We can come with all these things, but yet we don't have minds constantly thinking, how can I help somebody else's life? How can I help heal a marriage? How can I? And that's the duty of the church, to let the world know that it's not about wealth and success, but it's all about Jesus Christ. Tell somebody it's all about Jesus. But yet sometimes in our life we get caught up that I'm going to label called the bigger barn syndrome, that we want to have bigger barns. We want to have a larger storehouse. In other words, we want to have that three-car garage, and we want three cars in there. And if we could, we'd get an eight-car garage and have eight cars in there. Uh, we want a bigger closet so we can fill it up. We want more room for our shoes, more room for our suits, more room for our dresses, more room for our hats, more room for our wigs. Watch out, somebody. We want more room. But yet, we want all this stuff because we want to impress other people. But yet, we are not trying to live and honor an awesome God. We want people to look at us and say, hey, that person is all that because of the car they drive or the suit that they wear. I, I, I dressed up this morning for my mom. As you know, I don't always wear ties. I don't always try to put on a suit. But my mom bought a tie, and she bought it for, for her husband and for her son. So I said, I'll put my tie on too. So oftentimes we dress up because we want to impress somebody, make them feel good about themselves, and we want to feel good about ourselves. But oftentimes we dress up, but we're still just plain empty inside. Jesus is teaching about the kingdom of God. Turn with me to Luke 12, chapter. And we're going to see about bigger barns. That they come up asking Jesus a question about what should we do about living our lives and how to divide inheritance and who should get this. 
You know, we get caught up with people saying that you don't share with me. But yet oftentimes we lose, we lose, lose the fact of the matter that it's not about what we're sharing about, but what are we trying to gain? Luke 12, chapter verse 13. Y'all with me there? If you're not there, say hold on. Oh, you, it's all right to say hold on. You most friends. See, I hear pages turning, but it's all right. I'm going to go ahead on anyway. Luke 12, chapter verse 13, the word of God says, And one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. And he said unto him, Man, who made me judge or divider over you? And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetedness, for a man's life considers not in the abundance of things which he possesseth. I'm going to stop right there. Ask somebody, what are you after? Ask somebody else, what are you after? Now ask yourself, what am I after? Yeah, now you're thinking, now you're thinking. Your life is not based on the abundance that you have. You see, he starts here, Master, tell him to divide his inheritance with me. But Jesus says, look, he said, take heed and beware of covetedness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of things which he possesseth. says, beware of covetedness. I know that's a big word, but basically it's just going to say beware of envy. Uh, there's a, a commercial that was out there. I don't know if it's still out because modern technology happens so quick that there's a phone out one week. It's not out anymore. But there was a phone that was called the Envy, and they had different things. They had lust. You know, they had jealousy, you know, and then they had, you know, I'm not going to say about it, lust and greed and had envy. All right? And oftentimes we're envious of when people have something that's better than what we have. And why is it better than what we have? Because they have it. That's why. Because when you bought what you had, you were satisfied with it until you saw somebody else have something else. How easy for us to understand? Think of little kids. Put them in a room with all their toys. They won't play with any of them. I don't have any new toys, but bring a friend over. That toy they touch, guess what they want to play with? That toy. It's so easy for us to want what somebody else has because we just want it because they have it. Not because it's good for us. Not because it's going to help us. We just want it because they have it. If I had this car, my life would be better. If I had that job, my life would be better. If I live in this neighborhood, my life would be better. You know, a lot of people, you know, have issues saying, well, I don't want to live on the south end because of those issues. But I want you to understand that it's not just on the south end. We think because you promote it, but yet it doesn't matter. Where you live is where you live is how you make your household, how you make your neighborhood. But yet we allow the society to convince us that if I live here, my life will be better. No, if you, if you was a robber over here, you'd be a robber in that new neighborhood. It's you that has to change. So beware of covetousness, of, of envy, of, of being after what somebody else has. Beware of it. And then look, look, in verse 16, he spake a parable unto them. Now he, here is Jesus. I love when he starts teaching. The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. That sounds pretty good so far. So far, so good, right? He had so much. You know, hey, I want to, you know, where can I store all this stuff, right? Verse 18, and he said, this will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, 
and there I will bestow all my fruits and my goods. Uh-oh, bigger barn coming now. And I will say to my soul, uh-oh, so thou hast much goods and laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, thou what? Uh, next year. Oh, this night, I'm, I'm glad y'all with me. This night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then those who sell those things be, which thou hast provided. So, he, so is he that layeth up treasures for himself and is now rich towards God. He says, this night you will perish. So that bigger barns you build, all that great wealth that you have, it won't be yours. I want you to understand here that, that, that you're going after that great job. You're going after that big house. You're going to have that big fancy car, the nice jewelry, the nice shoes. But yet when you're gone, who is go- going to belong to you can't take it with you. I, I know that we see the Egyptians and the pharaohs and how they bury their treasure with them. Nobody's going to bury anything with you. You might be happy if they might even bury your gold watch with you. They might take that with them. Oh, before you close that casket. He wanted me to have this. You see, we we think that people are concerned about us, but they're really not. They'll take your stuff when you're gone. Because why? We do the same. We have people that look in newspapers just waiting to see what's going on. Y'all know that when they look at that article, who's going through divorces? Because they know somebody might be mad throwing out all some good stuff and they go by and pick up the houses. They take their trust and I know she's mad at him. I'm going to take this. I'm going to take that. I know there's people that go around, they go around certain neighborhoods at certain times looking in the newspaper to find out they're going to throw stuff out. Because why? When you are mad at somebody, you don't care about their possessions. Even when they're gone, you don't care about them. Because what good are they? They weren't for you, they were for them. So you see, I want you to understand that our life is not ours. Our life belongs to Jesus. Jesus paid the price for our lives, but what are you after? Are you after more this, more clothes, more money? But yet Jesus says, I came to show that you may have life more abundantly. Are you after abundant life? Because if you're after abundant life, you won't be after what your neighbor has. You won't be after, after whatever the TV says you should have that will make your life better. But you'll be after what Jesus wants you to be after. What does Jesus want you to be after? Look at verse 31. It says what? But rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things will what? Shall be added unto you. You see, oftentimes we, we, we receive, you know, God is good. God is good. Tell somebody God is good. God blesses us even when we don't deserve it. This man planted his barns, and he had more than enough. But instead of thinking how he could help somebody else, he was thinking how he could only what? Help himself. I want you to understand. Stop thinking about how you can help yourself, but think, how can I help somebody else? See, if you're concerned about wealth and success, then you can be gone any day now and will nobody care about you. Because why? You didn't do anything in their life. They'll come by, oh, so-and-so is a nice person, but that's all I know about them. But yet when you help people, they will care about your life. 
Jesus will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. He tells him, I will separate the sheep and the goats. They will say, Father, when, when, no master, when did we see you naked? When did we see you hungry? When did you see you in prison? He said, when you did this to the least of these, you did this to me. You see, we, we need to set a higher standard that is not about who has the most money, but who's doing the most work for the kingdom. We should have who is the best servant, who washes more feet. Who feeds more people? Not, not having the Forbes top 100, but who, who is the top servants in the world? You know, then they, we, we can make a good list of Mother Teresa, Billy Graham, you know, people that have gone out, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., you know, people that have gone out and said, I would rather put my life out for them so that they can have a better life, not just me. It's mind-boggling to me when I read about Mother Teresa that do you not know that she had like a million-dollar empire? Y'all didn't know that, huh? That's how much money was going into this organization that she started, but she did not want to be rich. Whatever came in, she gave it out so that those that had not would have. You see, in the, in the, and during this time, during this time, it was told, it was in the law, that when you have more than abundant crops, that you left what you did not need in the field. So that the poor could come through and glean from the crops. But yet we get so selfish that we want to take all that we have and we throw away what we don't have while there's people out there starving. That's why, that's why the government, I, I found this out, that it's, it's, it's mandated by the law that the restaurants can donate their food. They do not use it. They don't have to throw it away. I didn't know it was mandated by the government, but I knew organizations did it. That's what the, the youth and children about to go to, to United Methodist. They have a loaves and fish program, and they get food donated from restaurants and grocery stores that they're going to throw away. And so they cook it that day while it's still fresh so that the people can benefit from this free meal. But yet we have other people say, well, it's mine, and since you did not work for it, you cannot have it. But isn't it by the grace of God that you have what you have? You know, we have people that choose a job based on salary, a job based on location. But you can still be paid. You can still live in paradise but still be miserable. You see, it's not based on how much money you can gain. It's not based on which city you live in. It's based on what are you after. Are you after the kingdom of God? So you need to search your heart. You need to search your heart. Why are you going to there? For a little help, we're going to go to James' fourth chapter. James' fourth chapter. In James' fourth chapter, you see that there's some rich aristocrats on their way going. Some these are some merchants. They are. They make a lot of money, and they, and they want to be wealthy. And James is, is teaching. James is the half-brother of Jesus, and, and he is teaching and encouraging the, the Jews about how they should be coming after the Father, be seeking his faith. James 4th chapter, starting at verse 13, and, and the word of God says, Go to now ye that say today or tomorrow. We will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain." Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appear for a little time, and then what? Vanish away. For what you ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. Where is your heart? 
I, I'm going to go to this place because I'm going to get rich. I'm going to go here because I will have a better life. Now, I'm going to go here because God has sent me or I can build up the kingdom of God. I want you to understand that God has made you not just for you to serve yourself, but to serve others. Jesus himself said, I did not come to be served, but to serve others. Check your heart. Why are you doing the things that you do? I had to check my heart plenty of times. It was when I first came out of college and, and I knew that God has placed a calling in my life to go into the ministry. And I knew that I, I wanted to be fully available for the youth as youth pastor here at the church. That I did not want a job that would not be lenient to me on that time that I would have to go at a whim's notice. And there's this one job that I could have taken that would have paid me very well, better than this other job. But I told this person that I would have to reschedule because I had a meeting with some you. This person really did not care about that meeting. And so I told that person, I really don't care about this job. He looked at me. I looked at him. I said, thank you very much. I went to a lower paying job. Why? Because I knew that it wasn't about the salary. I wanted to be happy with what I was doing. You see, we have a lot of people, you might have some co-workers who are getting paid a lot of money, but their life is miserable. They'll get the money, go buy a new car, or they'll go on a extravagant vacation, they come back looking the same. Did you go on vacation? Did you feel refreshed? Oh, it was just horrible. I don't even know. I don't even know why I came. I don't even know why you left either. Really, I don't know why you came back to work. You know, we have people that are going for the wrong things, but yet when you go to Jesus, Jesus says, come all ye who are burdened and heavy laden and come and sit under my teacher for my yoke is easy. My burden is light. You'll find what? Rest for your soul. You see, when I come to the Lord, I said, Lord, I, I, I got a job offer here and, and I want to know, Lord, is this where you want me to be? How many of you here have prayed over your job selection, prayed over where you move? You see, so often we just listen to the realtor we, or we listen to what the city says, but yet we should listen to what the Lord says. Now, now I want you to understand this, that, that God's will is this, that we should obey him. Not necessarily means this, that everything is within his will, but the Lord really, he will bless that you go there. But we need to realize that my life is not in my hands. Your life is nothing but a vapor. Here today, gone today. Did he not say to him, this night you will be gone? This night, this night, this night. Think about it. What's going to happen to you this night? I'm not trying to scare anybody. But it can happen. Are you satisfied with how you lived your life up to this point? Have you fully followed Christ or have you followed after your own ambitions? Have you come up empty thinking that if I had this, my life would be better, but yet your life has not changed? We have to put it in perspective. That's better to trust God and then trust in man. That I should boast in the Lord, not boast in myself. That I should be just like Jesus. Jesus knew that it was God that had gave him strength. That it, it wasn't him. It, it's, it's kind of mind-boggling here that when Jesus was doing miracles, he didn't just show up and say, hey, look what I can do. How do I get up and walk, buddy? But yet he showed great humility. He said, like, Father, heal me. He would pray, say, Father, open up the eyes of the blind man. He prayed be over the five and the two lowly bread. He prayed over it. Said, Lord, you increase. 
You see, Jesus realized that I cannot just do stuff because it's me to do it, but I want everybody to understand that I am doing this because it's the Lord's will. Not my will be done, but your will be done. We say this, we recite this in the prayer, but oftentimes we just recite it. We don't meet it. Lord, your will be done as long as it doesn't interfere with what I want to do today. Your will be done as long as it doesn't take money out of my bank account. Your will today, as long as it doesn't take time out of my day because I was planning to go to the golf course. I was planning to go bowling. I was planning to go play bridge. I was planning to go on vacation. I know somebody called me, asked me to stop on by, but I already paid my money on my plane ticket. I got to go. Seek ye first. The kingdom of God and all his rights and all these things will be added unto you. Jesus himself. Seek ye the kingdom of God. In Romans 8.31 it says, what then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? See, just put this in perspective here that in your life, people may judge you. And put you in a box telling you what you should do and where you should go. But Jesus has already made it clear. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father but through me. And, and with that in mind, we can understand that if God is for me, who can be against me? Jesus knew that he was going to seek the kingdom of God. And I'm glad that Jesus seeked the kingdom because there's people telling him not to seek the kingdom. There are people telling him that you're not the Messiah. How are you? I am. You're no older than Abraham. But he told him before Abraham was, I am. I'm glad that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. That is not up to me, but he already knows the beginning. And guess what? He knows the end. So he knows where he wants me to end up. So let me just follow his path. Jesus himself knew that even when he was going to Jerusalem, I like this in the text. He says this, that tell that old fox that I'm going to come to Jerusalem in three days. You see, Jesus knew that I'm going to come to Jerusalem. I know you want to push me away, but I know what lies ahead of me. I'm glad that Jesus knows what lies ahead of him. He knew that the road would not be easy. I want you to understand the road in your life will not be easy. It's not going to be full of wealth and success. You have to go through some trials or some tribulations. You got to go through some rough times because guess what? Jesus went through some rough times. Do I have a witness here that he was in a garden of Gethsemane? And I can understand his body was being perplexed because he knew he was about to go to the cross. But yet he said, Lord, not my will be done, but your will be done. And even while he was there, he was praying for us and his disciples saying, I'm praying for those that are going to come after me, Father, that they will follow after your commands and, and be obedient. He told the disciples this, that they will know you are my disciples by how you love one another. Not how big your house is, not how fast your car is, not what job you have, but how you love one another. We don't have too many souls on TV. Who's the best lover in the world? We don't have too many souls on who's the best giver in the world, but we have who wants to be a millionaire. We have who wants to work for Donald Trump, but who wants to work for Jesus? Who wants to be high in his kingdom? Who wants to have the best retirement plan ever? You see, Jesus says, Father, I know they're about to beat me. I know they're about to knock me down, but still, Lord, I want to trust you. If Jesus can, how come we cannot? We allow 
wealth and success blind us of the facts of the future. Having all this money will not give you peace, but Jesus will give you peace. Having a big house will not make you a better family, but having Jesus in your life will give you a bigger house and a better family because you'll be adopted as his son and an heir to the kingdom in heaven. If Jesus can realize that, Father, when I'm going to Jerusalem, that's that's a place where I'm going. My life is going to end, but I'm willing to go in that direction. I'm willing for them to lie on me, to spit on me, to beat me in the head, to put a crown of thorns in my head and hit me with a stick with the thorns still in my head and say, play the prophet. Tell us who hits you and spit on me, pull my beard out and whip me all night long. Then judge me, ask me questions and already condemn me because they already made up their mind. And, and then they're going to make me carry a cross all because I've done nothing wrong. But Lord, because I love you. I'm willing to go through this for you. And, and so while they were nailing him to the cross, he, he remembered, Lord, this is still all about them. So, so, Father, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. I know we make mistakes in our lives that we thought it was about the money. We thought it was about the husband. We thought it was about the wife. We thought it was about the children. But it's still all about Jesus. If you do not love him more than you love anything else, you're not worthy to be his disciples. We have to put everything in proper perspective. Father, how can I be a better husband? Father, how can I be a better mother? Father, how can I be a better wife? Father, how can I be a better child? Be a a better student. Be a better employee. Be a better man. Be a better woman. It's his will be done, not ours. So what are you after is the question. Because if you go after it, guess what? You probably will end up getting it. And will you be happy with what you end up with? I can't tell you if you're going after something else other than the kingdom of God, what you're going to end up with. But if you go after the Father, if you go after his kingdom, if you go after Jesus, you'll end up with peace and life. And he said, I come that you'll have life more abundantly. Now, I, I can tell you it's not going to be a smooth road. But yet you know the outcome is going to be better than what you're going through. You know that while the storms are coming, guess what? The sun will come through. Who's the sun? Jesus Christ. That he did rise again with all power in his hands. So if he can defeat death, he can defeat whatever situation you're going through. No matter what your boss says, no matter what your family says, Jesus is for us. Who can be against us? So don't be concerned about wealth and success, your status in society, because that will come and go. But yet where Jesus places you, he'll place you there forever. And can no one take that away from you. But it's only through Jesus. It's only through Jesus. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Right now, here's the opportunity. If you do not know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, the Bible says if you confess with your mouth, And believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and risen from the grave. You shall be saved. And this is you for the first time you've given your life to Christ. If this is you, if this is you, the first time you want to make this prayer, we want to lead you in this prayer. God knows your heart. You wouldn't say bless you minute. God knows your heart. Just repeat after me saying, dear Lord Jesus. That's right. Dear Lord Jesus. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe you rose again on the third day with all power in your hands. And, Lord, I'm asking you to forgive me. And, Lord, I'm asking you and I'm inviting you to come into my heart and be my personal Lord and Savior.